Here we are, bottom of the Smash Mountain. I would like to thank my Patreon supporters over at patreon.com slash bsmpod for continuing to support me in what I'm doing, especially to my senior producers. Shouts out to my mom and dad. Love y'all. Shouts out to Ventus Official and also to PK Smokey with Eternal Project. Thank you all for your support. Today, I'm very pleased to have Bobby Scar on the show. This is someone who barely needs an introduction, but if you've ever heard a melee clip especially from the five gods era or even as recently as genesis 8 with the so are we more real here or are we more real in the digital world if you want to hear all those awesome tidbits you just go on youtube and look up bobby scar and you will see the compilations the melee it on me podcast the spirit bomb and i'm making this intro too long now bobby thank you for joining me hey thank you jesse Trying to appreciate, because of course I'm. I have to be nervous for this. That you're 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 one of the 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 big fish. If you want to view it that way, I am very appreciative of you coming on. It's not the fact that it's been only recently that I've come to know you or anything. I think a long time ago, watching YouTube videos of competitive melee sets, you would probably have been on the mic with Toph, and I didn't even realize it at the time. But when I started to get more into melee. Back in the end of 2018, beginning of 2019, you were already starting to, I wouldn't say regularly be out the exit door as compared to being front and center in the Melee community. I'm not saying you were trying to exit around that time. You can define your own story, but I remember Genesis 7 and Grand Finals and going, wow, Scar and Tove, top tier commentators, when by then you'd already be do- been doing it for so long, the two of you together, and then of course all the other things that you've done, but maybe we don't have to start back there. We can start with what's up with you right now, Bobby, what's going on in your life? What's up right now? Well, well I just feel like um, as I hear the rap sheet, I'm like, oh my God, there's just been too much of me. You know what I mean? <laughs> I feel like during that window, the Five Gods era, uh, I was doing a lot. And I felt like a lot of the top eights went to me and Toph. And that was the dream, um, especially before we had a shot. Um, but but then since that, it was like it was like everything. And oh, my God. Is there too much Bobby Scar? Anyway, but nowadays, um, I actually am lucky enough to have just uh, left my job. I worked at Twitch for almost nine years. I think most people who know me know that. Um, And now I'm like a part-time, I'm a full-time dad. Uh, I'm a part-time aide at the school that he goes to. It's a parent participation school, so it's pretty cool. I was actually there today um, with the kids. And uh, I'm also kind of low-key a part-time streamer. Yes, so you had a return to that. Samurai games <laughs> like Sekiro and Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah. And I'm uh, living, living the dream. I'm actually trying to, I'm recovering from burnout and from the dark night of the soul. You ever heard about that? I have not, but I'm interested in hearing what has struck, what, what came out to you when you were reading that? Reading. Sorry, that's not a book. What's the dark night of the soul? Uh, it is a concept that like meditators talk about when you have some sort of like ego death or I'm not saying that I had that, but when something destabilizes your worldview, which I think I was trying to, you know, I needed to do sometimes, sometimes you got to mix it up. Do you want to hear about that? Yes. I would love to hear about that. Oh my goodness. We're just jumping right into it. Okay. So you know about the spirit bomb. You brought it up. 
okay, the spirit bomb is before I worked at Twitch. And I think for me, the spirit bomb was a transcendent moment. It was a moment where I think that I was so connected to the melee community because it not only was on the melee on me stream, but pretty much at that time, the melee community was spread far and wide and lots of ancient legendary players, lots of really known people were not playing anymore and were not seen or heard from for years. But, uh, it's almost like we lit the beacons of Gondor as a community because we wanted to raise this money to get us into Evo, to get us in the spotlight one more time, to give another breath of life into the game we all loved. And it's like everyone came together on that one night. And I was like in the middle of it. And it just had some crazy effect on me, I believe, at this point in retrospect, where the spirit bomb kind of like... It's like a drop of a big rock into a pool of water and it reverberated, you know, and it took years for it to resolve. Uh, and I think that in that moment, I realized the power of community. Um, it was crazy to me how so many people could come together giving money for something where we might get nothing. You know what I mean? Like in a donation drive like that, you might not win. And if you don't win, what do you get? You actually just, you just, you well, just you show support, it up. You, you support a good cause. That's that's something. That is something. Yeah, that is something. But you're but you're obviously hoping we were, for melee at Evo, of course. Right. Yes. Right. That was that was a big part of it. <laughs> um, and there's just something. There was just something very selfless about it, and something that was, yeah, just felt like the essence of community. And um. From there, I did work at Twitch and I found my way into monetization and I did work on gift subs. And I think that the Spirit Bomb ultimately was the seed that blossomed into community gifting, which is if I'm streaming or if anybody's streaming and you want to just support the community, you can go in and buy a bunch of gifts for random people who you don't even know. Because that's really what the Spirit Bomb was. We we're just taking that money and putting it out to the universe and whatever happens, happens. And what turned out from the Spirit Bomb for Evo was seeing it come to fruition with, I think it was over 700 entrants, and Mango got the loser's run. It was the literal ideal scenario. Even Armada coming back, I, I was yeah. not around for this time, so I see Armada you know, in top eight or, or whatever it was for Evo 2013. And I'm going, of course it's normal, but that was a return. That was him coming out of retirement after having not competed for over a year, something to that effect. And it's crazy how much came out of that. That was one pivotal event in Melee's history. And we've had enough Melee history now where it does feel more than just a game in the community. There's, there's, something about telling somebody about melee for the first time and you're not only saying it's the latest and greatest you're also saying there's there's history to this and you can go and see it all for yourself on twitch and then on youtube for what was captured in times past and see eras see how the game has mm -hmm. matured and grown and the new players that have come in to continue to drive us forward i love the new players by the way i love the new uh landscape of of the top competitors um because I do think that there was a time when I was curious, I was asking, it's maybe the Five Gods era, like, what will this game look like without those players? Who will it be that picks up that torch and moves the game forward? And who will be worthy of those top spots? And I feel like 
you know, JMUX here, Zane's here, there's IBDW's here. There is really a new a new presence felt at the top. And it's just so beautiful to me. I never thought it would happen, you know, because those players were so untouchable. For a long time, years. It just doesn't feel like and their personalities as well. You know, we kind of got to know them and they complemented each other and the ways that they, their dynamics work. It's like some of them are adversarial and yeah, there was just um it's cool when they're real full humans, you know, and uh, it's hard to imagine what the 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 future humans who who they will be, what their shtick will be. So when you were talking about Dark Knight of the Soul, I'm think I'm trying to think to myself what what has been something that I've had to go through recently where I have to redefine my worldview a little bit, and I think over time, for me, it's just been trying to make sure that I have different priorities put at different places is the idea that at first coming out of high school, I thought I'll be the best worker that any employer could ever ask for. And I'll make my way up the top by just outworking everybody else, showing mastery in my job than anybody else. And I'm working in a warehouse. So like, it's not, you know, the, you know, taking over the world from like a, like running a fortune 500 company, but I'm saying I have to start somewhere and I didn't go to college. So this is where I am right now. And through the through through the different stages of journey, I got married to my lovely wife Jen, who I very much appreciate. Shouts out to Jen, and also we have two children. And I go, wait a minute, I can't be the person who wants to go all in on work because I'm leaving my family behind. And it didn't happen right away, where I started to prioritize them more as fast as maybe I ought to have. But Jen was very patient throughout that process of just calling to me gently, as compared to. And maybe this would have made faster results pulling me and saying, you got to, you got to get with the program. Look at the life that you're trying to build. It's, there's not enough me and the kids in it, or maybe it was just one kid at the time. And then I finally started to get it. But I think this year I've had to balance between the, the job part, which I still do care a little bit about, but not nearly as much as I used to running the year two of podcasting I've done since I started in January, 2021, 200 episodes of this, but I've also had to, I've had to, (laughs) I've had to really go back and forth about, all right, I really want to make this grow and something about it for me being able to do it. I feel empowered to do it. So I'm just churning these out and Jen goes, but remember, remember we went through this with your job. You have a new hobby now. That's great. You are feeling connected to a community. That's great. But remember, like, continue to stay focused. So I give credit to Jen a lot, as you can tell. But she helps me get through that is one way to phrase it. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, my wife definitely pulled more. You know, it was not a gentle <laughs> call. Um, my dad, uh, he's all about work, you know. And I think that when we were growing up, especially when I was growing up, um, dads didn't really need to be at home. You know, it's not the expectation. If you go watch Mad Men, like dads are not at home. And that's just the way it was. Uh, And yeah, I feel like we didn't really grow up with uh, male role models who are present with the family. Um, But yeah, it's really, I I guess, uh, having grown up that way or whatever i guess i just know that i wanted it to be different for my kid and i guess you've kind of come to a similar realization that i want to have a real relationship with them as compared to coming home and being like you did what 
good for you or you did what okay it's time for punishment now and i'll disappear i don't want to it's a lot of work to have real relationships yes yes so i don't want to dog on my dad too much that's not how he was he actually gave up a better career and worked a worse career for us my my siblings and I and to be home every night as compared to traveling a lot because that's what he did at first when my older siblings were born but still there were enough kids overall that I felt like I was I felt like I didn't get as much time because everybody's it's me and five other siblings for the record so it it was sort of a who's who's the bird peeping the loudest in the nest yeah. That's a lot of kids. And I'm not dogging on my dad either. I'm just saying the whole culture was a certain way. And yes. it's, I'm happy to see that culturally things are changing because I've never met you before, but we're going in a similar direction. And that's just cool to see. It's cool to see the world changing. And so when it comes to you and helping out at your son's school, that's really cool to hear. I haven't heard of this concept before. So did you, that was that the first school that he's going to and you hear about that's what they're doing or was it, we heard, we hear about a school, that's what they're doing. Oh, well, we got to take our son there. So my wife actually went to this particular school and she told me about it uh, early in our relationship. And I've always just been like, wow, that sounds like a great place to go to school. Compared to my school, which I will dog on, <laughs> I did not enjoy elementary school, not one bit. Um, yeah, and it just kind of worked out. That's awesome. I'm really so happy that we're doing it. Uh, so- Sophie, my wife, she she comes from a family of teachers, and so I've heard a lot of perspectives from teachers, and I just think it's really, it's important to educate parents along with kids, you know, because. Uh, no matter what you tell kids in the classroom, if they're getting different messages at home, it's just going to be different. So I think that this school has, uh, it's kind of like there's a community element to it and community is super important. You don't necessarily pick up on this right away when you're a child, but when you're an adult, you realize how much consistency I mean, it can be something, it's a double-edged sword, but when I'm talking about the good side of consistency, when you're talking about a child that is receiving similar messages or, 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 or lessons, if you have the same vision or are close to the same vision from different authority figures, I think it's, uh, that's such an underrated part of, a, of, of growing up. If you, if you are fortunate enough to have that, when you have different visions given to you, different worldviews, you are able to absorb that as best you can. But when you're that young, you're dealing with too many questions. The, the, you're trying to build up a foundation of a worldview as compared to as an adult now, I already have a pretty set in worldview. Not that it's impossible to change, but that's what I'm saying. I can receive something new and go, how do I fit it into the framework? But when you're growing up, you're trying to build a framework. And if you're getting too much at once, that's coming from different places. If, if life is super confusing, which it totally is as a, which as totally a kid, is. as a teenager, it's confusing, even as an adult in these times. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I've always loved about melee is that the people who really care about melee, somehow the game forces us to have a similar worldview because to get better at it, you really need to pay attention to it. I think all of us, all the top players, all the people who really give a lot to the game, we let it shape us. And I think that's sort of, that's a big part of why the Melee community is special and why gaming communities are special. 
Yes, I agree. And I, I, I have to say that because I'm not super involved in other gaming communities specifically, I will not try to speak for you all. I will try to keep it to Melee where that's what I, that's the direction I was going in Scar and I appreciate you were strikingly on the same page to start this out where yes when you think about it when you think about it from a parenting perspective that's cool but then consistency for melee that's exactly right i i love how you will get exactly how much you put into it and if you're trying to do it too many different ways and you're not listening to your own instincts it can be very confusing and feel like you're not getting the results or what you want out of the game or out of the community you have to try to as you're building your framework of melee, you, you want to try to have a, a clear vision, especially as you start building it. For me, I'm, I'm a bad O2 type player. So what I'm trying to do at the moment is just stick to a little bit of what I know by using the, the box. And then I'm trying nice. to add little pieces in at a time because I know I can't practice enough. And this is something that you can identify with as, a, as someone who's trying to not burn out on melee anymore not trying to be focused on stuff outside of your out of your family right you want to practice a little bit here and there but when you do it's almost as if you have to relearn certain things that you dropped and you go ah but scar you're you're not only trying to play you're also trying to play on a box which you've done for a little while now you want to talk about how that's been going you know i think it's been a really natural switch for me um I think that my move, my thumb movement on an analog stick is super sloppy and always has been. Um, and I really like how the box just has those buttons. Yes. <laughs> um, I know more what I'm messing up if I'm messing up, but also it's just taken away a lot of things that I could never really get right. So for me, I really like it. And I feel like Captain Falcon in particular you're kind of always hitting the stick full tilt left or right. Like I don't really need uh, I don't really need the analog stick. I, I feel like I'm probably better on it than the GameCube controller. Um, I don't think that it took that long, but I think that's because I was trash on the GameCube controller. Like I can never shield drop. Uh, I can never do a lot of things and I've made very consistent mistakes, like the same mistake over and over for like seven or eight years, you know? Um, so yeah, I'm really enjoying it. When you think about the different commentators who are also happen to be really good at melee commentators like Toe for homemade waffles, you think about the choices that they've made and you can talk about this from their perspective or your perspective, whatever you're more comfortable with the, the idea of, I want to continue to get better at the game because I'm surrounding myself with the game, but I also really like commentating as well. How do you strike that balance? That's a, div that's, that's a tough one for me personally, because, um, that's something that I think over time I felt less and less confident commentating because I knew that, uh, you know, my, my knowledge, my game knowledge and my skill is not keeping up with, let's say the top 15 or 20, 20% of the player base, you know, the, the, the top level of play. I feel like for quite a while I was in line with the top players. And then at a certain point, the community just got so good. You know, the training tools got better um it was around the time when armada left uh that i feel like there was an explosion of you know the combination of knowledge and execution and incredible technical skill and con consistency so yeah for me that has been quite tough because getting better at the game also i think 
melee if you really want to get better at it it's going to strike you at your weakest point it's going to find the weak link in the chain of yourself and it's going to attack there and you pretty much to get better we need to get better at those things that we least want to work on that's what i thought was so cool about it and i think that um it has been attacking my ego for quite a while because i got good a long time ago when the community was smaller and i think at a certain point i just became really comfortable and uh kind of expected to win up until top you know top 32 or something like that and i was able to do that for quite a while but then at some point it stopped and uh i don't think that i ever really got over that the first plateau the classic one where you go i've mastered a certain amount of tech skill certain amount of mastery of playing on the day keeping your stamina up making sure you sleep right however however you want to do that have that game sense and also the 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 clutch gene you feel like you get all that up to a level that you're comfortable with and you're seeing the results come through and then there's that that plateauing feeling where you go other people that i've surpassed are catching up to me and oh well it's not as easy as (laughs) well not as easy as oh, I should just practice L canceling. It's more like, oh, I should practice sliding off. What's that? Oh, this is ridiculous. There's, um, I remember the, I think it was against you or it was against another Captain Falcon where Hanky Panky does a slide off forward air in a random match. And the person just goes, how, how's that possible? That's not supposed to be a thing. And that was something that the melee community wasn't 100% familiar with. And now sliding off is like, like it's the norm. It's the norm. Yeah. So there's a lot of catching up that I would have to do. Um, yeah, whereas Tof and Homemade Waffles and Lovage, like maybe they can't do every which single thing, but Tof knows about everything pretty much. Yes. Shout out um, to Tof. But I was talking to Juggle Guy about uh, commentating in the big house. You know, he was kind of talking me, talking me into more comfort. And um, the truth is that most viewers don't know all that stuff, you know? So speaking to or speaking from a place where more viewers are going to come from, which is they don't most viewers don't know anything about, you know, the advanced mechanics of melee. So it could be just I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. I'm interested in hearing about your return to because this has been since Genesis eight, right? That you will be commentating another event and. Yeah, how many months is that? I mean, Genesis is either January or February. It was it was April because of the I... Omicron delay, but oh, okay. you're right. True, normally true, true. normally it is January. It'll be January this upcoming year in 2023. Already regged. It'll be my first Genesis, so I'm super excited. Anyway, nice. so Big House 10, Juggle Guy, of course. Of course, Juggle Guy wants to try to get you back on the mic because I think a lot of people... I don't know why. Gonna be here. Gonna be on the mic, and they go, "Wow, that's pretty cool. That's exciting." Um, but you, you, you're also have to account for yourself. That's the most important part of the equation. It's not necessarily what do a bunch of random people on the internet say is right for me. What do I say is right for me? So you have to strike that balance. But you were talking about how you're to your point. If a hundred thousand people are tuning in and normally a melee stream on a Wednesday night, shout outs to nightclub. If nightclub is normally getting about 2000 viewers, then there's 98,000 people who are not nearly as dialed in as the 2000 people tuning into a nightclub event, like a weekly. So if those people are not 100% dialed in, then chances are very likely, of course, they're not going to know all the different niche options options. And how are you supposed to talk about that during 
a melee set anyway. And that's what I've always been interested in hearing from commentators is when they have to deal with the speed of melee. How do you get comfortable doing play-by-play or color commentating or just kind of drawing the narrative, drawing the story as it's going? Because to me, it's almost as if you have to pay as much attention to what's happening as the players do while also having to talk about it. And the players don't have to talk about it. They just have to perform. I don't know. To me, I feel like commentating melee is is actually a lot harder than most people give it credit for. I think that um, for me, I generally was talking about what I was interested in at that moment. You know, I really believe that whenever you're doing content or anything like that, whenever you're talking to people, if you're having a good time, then they're more likely to have a good time. And if you're stressed out about things, they're more likely to be stressed out about things. So generally, I was just talking about whatever I found most interesting at the moment. And I think that over time, as I've had this sense of, I don't really feel comfortable, you know, I don't really know what's going on. Then I could tell that my commentary didn't have that flow. You know what I'm saying? I think if you stress out about anything that will come through in your commentary, basically. So my quest is to, you know, become comfortable, uh, not, not comfortable, like slacking, but comfortable, uh, in the presentation, you know? What have you been doing? No, I understand. And what have you been doing to help yourself get to that spot? It's not necessarily paying attention to every melee stream every night leading up to Big House 10 per se, but is it simply reading up, watching VODs? Is it trying to keep up with something like, you know, uh, like the like the Monday morning Marth article that Edwin writes for Melee Stats every Monday? What What is it for you? I'm just talking to you. I asked Jogagai, what should I do to be prepared for Big House? He said, you know what you should do? You should talk with Jesse on this podcast. That'll get you prepared. That's super I said, cool. I could, I could talk to you about a couple of things that I found to be interesting in Melee right now. For example, did you see what happened at, at <laughs> I wanted to say, Low Tide City, but it was Lost Tech City. Lost Tech City. This past weekend. I haven't seen it yet. I want to watch. I plan to watch it today, but then uh, anyway. Yes. Yeah, my wife got sick and I couldn't stream uh, because I had to cover for her at this parent participation school. So I'll probably watch it on the flight or something like that. Yes. And when Mango went on to the Yard podcast after winning SmashCon, he's reading a text that you sent to him earlier that day. Mango goes, this is the most scar thing you'll ever see. And he reads out the text, saw that you won or... Uh, no, it was um, Ben SW told me that you won SmashCon. I'm watching Top 8 right now. And it was like days after. Days after, yeah. Yeah. And I so like, I, I'm sure it's pressuring what for you. Doing winning? <laughs> Mango's not <laughs> Mango's allowed to you win a couple of events. To me, by the way, and I did not watch the Yard podcast, so I thought he just seen at, at me. <laughs> I, I didn't even know if he saw it. I didn't even know if he read it. So now you're telling me finally I know. I've got closure. Mhm. Mango, saw the Mango text. read my text. Mhm. No, I'm sure that's how it is in general for someone who's as busy as Mango. He streams uh, upwards of eight hours on a, on an average stream. It's crazy. Gotta respect the work. Mm-hmm. People think that Mango's just big time chilling, not practicing at home when low key he's like literally playing against top players every stream, and then occasionally degening into League of Legends or something. But always comes yeah. back, lays down the the SmackDown as he says. 
but I'm curious about, I'm curious about, it. let's see how, 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 what, what's my favorite storyline right now going into the big house 10. It is probably, I'm very much swept into this is the J Mook quest winning a major in 2022. And the reason Dang. why, the reason why of course is we're talking about a player who has been playing the game for a long time. So it's not as if he started playing during the pandemic been playing as long as IBDW has. And the crazy thing is that at IBDW's first local, apparently JMook beats him in bracket, that kind of thing. But JMook doesn't play on the national stage at all, just stays specifically in upstate New York and, and has the work ethic and also the confidence. I'm good at this game. What I need is to get through the yeah. normal parts of life, school and everything else, working a full-time job. And then when I get my chance, I'll make the most of it. And so that's the craziest thing to me in the world, because for Melee, what we love as players is that constant feedback when we're trying to re see results. We want to see results as fast as possible because it also goes with the typical young person thing. It's like that instant gratification thing. So for me, when I'm playing the game, I want to see something happen right away where I go, oh, I haven't been able to do that before. But Jay Mook, all he has to do is play in upstate New York where top players rarely go to and play. So how do you deal with that as Jay Mook? That's what I want. I've, as soon as I get a chance to talk to him, I will be asking him that 10 different ways. But that's what was so crazy to me coming out to Genesis 8 and placing second and now pushing four winning majors at events that he goes to. I'm so impressed. And... I really want to see him win Big House 10 or a big event before the end of the year because it'll feel like everybody who who goes into an event where, yes, they're probably not going to win, but they can look at somebody like J. Mook and say, within a year of competing at big events, J. Mook won a big event. That's just a cool thing to say out loud. Yeah, he's an inspiration to many. I mean, I've noticed way more Sheiks on Unranked. They were, there was no Sheiks for a while. <laughs> The she's are coming out and they are doing new cool stuff. So, yes, you know, yes. we got There's there's people watching J Mook. It is very awesome. I mean, it's always cool when someone takes an underrepresented character and represents them in a new way. And it's something incredible about the game. There's so many different ways to play and there's a, it's a it's a way that we can express ourselves. And yet, even still, somebody like Mango, somebody like Hungrybox, who has been playing at the top for so long, I mean, they played at SmashCon, and it was just a realization of their first set against each other in bracket was probably about 2009, and this is 2022, over a decade, yeah. getting close to 15 years. That's crazy. And they're both winning events in this, in this competing year of 2022 also really cool that there's still an old guard if you will it's not that all five of the gods yeah. are still here it's that they're still competing for events and that it is possible for one of them to to win the big house 10 that's another story line i really like yeah so what's coming to I'll mind for you in mind. You, you have sorry i'll keep those in mind <laughs> So you won't you if you quote me on the J Mook beating IBDW in his exact first bracket, it might have been the second. Who knows? But it was it was early on when IBDW got started, huh? It did happen. You're telling me it to happen at some point in the early stages of IBDW's budding career. J Mook and IBDW played in bracket upstate New York, and, and no one knew who they would become. Nobody knew. Yes, no one knew at the time. And that's the cool part is that there are people like that right now who in two, three years, they'll be coming up onto the top competitor level and pushing for 
number one in the world, that kind of thing. And that's definitely then, a good line to drop at like, you know, the top, um, what's 64 doubled one, one to the top 128 rounds where it's like, <laughs> Hey man, you don't know who these two players could be in two, three, four, five years. We don't know. It all depends on how you stick through the game, how you continue to get better. And of course there are always questions about, is it possible to get to the top level? And I think IBDW and AMSA were both on Twitter the other day saying, yes, now is the time. There's just so many different resources where you can get better. It takes time, but you have all the tools that you need. They're all at your disposal. And the yeah. current landscape of getting in better involves playing Slippy and having Uncle Punch for different training regimens playing against people regularly and then going to tournaments and tournaments have made a bit of a comeback. It wasn't so much that locals had completely died out, but mm -hmm. it was that they were stagnating and less and less people were attending without getting new players in. But that's what a big event like Genesis eight does for you or just how crazy the, the year of competing has been so far. We've had so many events. I can't name them all to you, Scar. How many big events had, all the top players or some of the top players you get it show out and continue to show us how this game continues to evolve and inspire us to play. It's not too much of a surprise that locals kind of went away for a little while, right? With the pandemic. Of course. And I'm happy that we didn't rush back into it. You know, I want us to be responsible, not cause the downfall of any major cities. <laughs> <laughs> or, and I love how we as a community overall responded to that. And I think the reason why we were able to respond to it so well was because Fizzy had already begun working on rollback netcode even before the pandemic happened. That was just the crazy part of all of that to me. It's crazy. I thought it was a response of, oh, we all have to play online now. No, Fizzy was just doing that beforehand about a month or two before we even never heard of it. He was already working on rollback in the end of 2019, beginning of 2020. Melee was born under lucky stars. What can I tell you? <laughs> it's crazy that the game's still alive and it's because of everybody watching this. It's because of all of the players today. It's because of all the players of yesterday. Continuing to inspire us, even if they're all they do now is just continue to exist on YouTube. You know, I'll, I'll go ahead and, and segue that a little bit. There has been, well, there's been a lot of, Twitch drama. We don't have to necessarily talk about that, but the, the, the landscape of how we're viewing live events is starting to change a little bit because YouTube's trying to compete in that, in that market there. Ludwig's big invitational. I don't know if you've heard of this, but that's going to be on Ludwig's channel where he's invited literally the top 32 players, I think of, uh, or the top 24, excuse me, the top 24 players from ultimate and melee. And then there's a last chance qualifier where only eight spots are available, but a lot of players are coming out for each game. So Ultimate and Melee on Ludwig's YouTube live stream. So it's starting to change there. But I'm also talking about old VODs for YouTube starting to slip away. Some of the classic combo videos starting to slip away here and there a little bit. I'm not saying that it's happening at like a high clip, but I think about preservation, if that's the right way to put it. Yeah. I mean, for a long time, I thought they're just going to stay up there forever. The videos will just stay up there forever. What is a video that you think of being 10 plus years old that you've gone back to in the last month and watched? Can you think of any that you've gone back to and watched in the past month? It, it doesn't even have to be Melee related because I, I feel like I go back yeah. a lot and watch old videos. Can you tell me what's going on with things being removed, though? Are no, things okay. actually being removed from YouTube? So is that a thing? I don't know how much I want to, because I don't know 
Prague that well at all. I only know Prague by the name, but his YouTube channel completely disappeared. All the different uh, things were on there. So it's not like it's happening at a dang. wide scale, but it's just, it, it's, it's unfortunate. It happened without warning. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, there are a ton. I, you know what I was thinking about recently? There's an old, I believe it was MLG. Uh, there's a set between Mewtwo King and PC Chris, and it was recorded, I'm pretty sure, on like a handheld or something like that. Oh, nice. And uh, there there was, a, I don't even know if I want to call him a commentator, but an announcer who like <laughs> clearly did not know Melee. And every time Mewtwo King hit PC Chris, he was like, whack, whack, whack. <laughs> and I was just thinking about that video. I hope that that one's not lost. Yeah, there's a lot of gems this, for everyone. I hope game. I can find I it. Find it. I gotta find it for you. <laughs> yes, please do. If it's out there somewhere, I would love to see that. That's awesome. I bet it's still out there. It's gotta be. Because I remember that was my first exposure to Melee was not the PC Chris versus Mewtwo King MLG, but it was MLG New York 2006 PC Chris versus Ken uh, at the the grand finals of that event. And I watched mm. that in 2006. I can't believe I didn't immediately go on the Smashboards and start typing nonsense and getting into the community then. I just wasn't, I wasn't ready, Scar. That's the best way to phrase it. I wasn't ready. Yeah. yeah. Everything happens in its own time. That's right. And I appreciate you saying that. We're, we're here now. That's the, that's the whole thing. We're here now. So yeah, uh, I mean, when, like... I, when I've been taking a break, I've been really just waiting for it to come back. You know, I didn't stream for a while too. I was kind of, um, not only am I not watching things and I don't know what's going on, but, uh, yeah, I kind of, I've been taking a lot of time to recollect myself, you know, and I have faith that, uh, yeah, things are going to happen in their own time. It will remain. So I'm interested in hearing about you streaming other games because I heard Ghost of Tsushima, which I did watch somebody play through when the game came out and looked super fun, but I don't, fun. I don't own a game system that can actually play the game properly. So I didn't ah. get it. I just watched somebody else play it and I was like, this is good. But I loved, I loved the different mechanics of the game. It wasn't just, it felt like, to me, it felt like a really nice natural progression of gaining skills within the world of, I want to say mid 1800s, Japan. I can't remember exactly what the timeline. I think it's in the 1200s. 1200s. Let's go. Okay. But we're still using, you know, explosives and such, you know, like the classic fireworks style bombs. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. (laughs) I remember something blowing up. It wasn't like a real blowing up definitely. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's accurate to the time, but maybe it is. I don't know. They did come up with fireworks a long time ago, like longer than we give credit for. So gunpowder was a thing at one point. You're right, though, in saying that maybe not in 1200. I'm pretty sure everybody was still wearing suits of armor. But either way, it's a, it looks like a really fun game. But that's not the only one you're playing. Tell me about the games that are standing out to you. What's fun about them to you? Uh, the, okay, the game that I do want to talk about the most is Sekiro. Sekiro. I think it's Sekiro. Um, that game is so sick. That game is really, really, really good. And um, I just feel like it's 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 compared to Ghost of Tsushima anyway, it's much, much more precise uh, and much more uh, much more like melee in that way where, you know, there's no like auto tracking when I swing my sword where I get closer to the enemy so that it connects, you know? Yeah, yeah. I just swing it wherever I am. And in melee, if I do a forward tilt, I'm not going to move forward to Mario <laughs> and kick him. Um, and it's really really challenging i went back and i try i played it again on uh, a particular mode which is called charmless so you have like a charm that protects you but you can give it back to lord kuro 
uh, and then you don't have this protection, it makes the game really much harder uh, in a way that feels kind of a lot like melee, where yeah, you can get rolled, but you can definitely get better. And I really enjoy playing it because I feel like uh, it helped me kind of feel more patient, you know? It helped me discover some patience. I think in Melee, not only I, but a lot of us struggle with running in and attacking the other player right away. It's just not a great idea, you know? <laughs> you kind of... You kind of it, it's nice to, if you can pick up on a few things from the other player before you know you like what their style is or something you know yes. it's just not always the best thing to just run in and that's something that i typically do is i just run in um yeah so i, I felt like i was playing sekiro uh for its own sake because it's a super fun game and it's really awesome uh but also because i kind of wanted to increase my discipline I like to hear that there's a game out there. Is this this mostly 3D or all 3D, like all the way 3D? Right, of course that makes sense. That there's not an auto lock onto opponent type thing because ever since ever since Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time, which is a great game, you sort of have that little. It's a it's a blank. It's like security blanket. You automatically lock onto an enemy and you just have to oh, swing so sword it, and you're good to go. It does have a lock on, but it doesn't have like moving. You know what I'm trying to say when I say like moving? Like sometimes if you're too far away from the opponent, but you hit punch or whatever, your character won't just punch over here, but they'll... Yes, they'll instantly they'll teleport stick. and like they're, they're sticking to just yeah. kind of following a motion because that's easier to program for a game. Whereas what you're talking about, it's almost as if the environment goes from indestructible to destructible in this instance you actually have more autonomy which means you're going to miss a lot when you start controlling the character at first because you're not familiar enough with the controls or how exactly the game feels so at first when you're playing you're going well this game sucks but then after you play a while you realize yeah. wait a minute this game is actually really good because i've yeah. learned how to play the game now a lot of people who play ultimate they'll go to melee and they'll go what's going on i feel so sluggish this is worse than ultimate <laughs> lol melee players and we all go no you don't understand there's no buffer system so you actually have to wait to put in your input until it's time to put in the input and then the wait. game feels better after a while it's tough to wait with those inputs Yes, it is. And I play I play Fox, so I'm trying to control one of the faster, if not the fastest character in the game. And I played Ultimate enough that I realized at first when I was taking Melee more seriously, oh my gosh, I'm inputting everything in early. I just think I can just do that. But Melee is not, that is not how that works. Mm -hmm. you, you, you have like little tiny, maybe two frame windows on certain actions. It's a short list. It's not like ultimate, which is like every move can be buffered like 10 frames or whatever. I don't know. I don't care as much about ultimate as I do about melee. You can come at me if you want to, but that's, that's the whole thing that if you play a game like Sekiro, Sekiro that you, that you can feel how awful it is to do it wrong. But then when you learn to do it right, it must feel really great. It does feel really great, yeah. So those are the two. Those are the two big games that you'd be streaming on. When you're interacting with chat nowadays, how's everybody doing in the in the Scars Twitch chat? People are doing great, yeah. That's yeah. awesome to hear. Who comes through that? They you, enjoy that you, when I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I think that uh, they enjoy when I play melee, and I do want to play melee more on stream. I, I think that um, the classic is to start with melee and then to play something else. But I'm just really enjoying some of these games that I didn't get the chance to play. 
I do have a long list of single player games that I kind of want to go through. I just thought it would be better to play them on stream than, you know, in, in the corner of my home alone. <laughs> yes, I know it's exactly what you do. When it I, feels better to be more connected, I think. Yeah, and there's like, when you're playing a single player game, that's obviously like it's it's going to be giving you more opportunities to interact with chat as compared to playing melee where you want to focus on playing the game. Yep. I do want to play uh, games with subs. I don't really know how to do that efficiently, but I was thinking that would be a really cool way to get to know them a little bit more personally, you know? Mm -hmm. I know I like a Twitch that. username, and I know what badge they have, but it's not. there's nothing to... That is no comparison to knowing what character they play and you know what their play style is. Well, I think what you know very, very well, you must know this feeling very well, when somebody walks up to you at a major and says, oh, hi, I'm so-and-so from your chat, getting to actually meet them in person. They're actually there at the event, and they're going, Scar, it's so cool to meet you. Can I get a picture or whatever yeah. they're saying? Yeah, it's dope. It happened a lot from, from the reads. You know, people, people, I think people really like the reads. They do. I mean, they're, you're going to be having the reads, so this is a cool little thing. I'll, I'll be doing the live podcast before the reads come on, before you and Toph go on, and then it'll be Tweet Talk, somebody else, somebody else on Friday, this Sick. upcoming Friday. So that's going to be really cool, but I know that people will go, okay, okay, thanks, Jesse. Scar and Toph is back! <laughs> <laughs> no... Let's say we want more. No, no, no. It's, it's, I, I, I can read the room. I, I can read the room. I can read the room. That's what I'm going to be saying. <laughs> Bet your ass when I get up there, I'm going to be like, more Jesse. Push the reads back. <laughs> well, I'm excited to see you playing against other people again on the, on, on that day. I'll, I'll, I'll be sticking around for the reads for sure. As, as long as I don't get... This will be the fun part. Since it's my first big house, I'm, I'm thinking that there's going to be a lot of things going on at once, and I might get into that mode, which this happens to me. I'm sure this happens to you as well, where if you don't have a clear focus on going from one side of the venue to the other, you could just get pulled into like seven different things within 60 seconds because people are just walking up to you and being like, let's go do this. Let's go do that. For sure. Yeah. So are you yeah, ready you to navigate? To are you ready to navigate through big house crowd again? <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah, I think I'm ready. Most of the time, I actually have not been in the crowd. Most of the time, I'll do my commentary block and then go back to the hotel room, just because I have not generally in life been very like a very I'm a pretty introverted person. Um, but I think I think I'm ready this time. I'll be on the floor. This is cool. I consider myself more of an introverted person as well. I mean, that's part of the reason why I didn't get into Melee back in 2006. I was just like, uh, I don't know, people. But the game people. is so cool. It finally helped, and other things, you know, shout outs to Jen, bring the more social side out of me. But I'm not like a total extrovert now. I'm just more of like, I'm a functioning, higher functioning introvert person now. There you, there you go. Me too. <laughs> yeah, I think me too. <laughs> Okay, so with Big House out of the way, once you get that event out of the way, it's not necessarily into the into the chrysalis and just staying away from everything all over again. For example, within three-ish months, I guess that would be Genesis. Would you be considering going to an event like that? What does Melee look like for you in 2023? What do you think about those two things, the idea of being involved in Melee in 2023, the year itself? What, what do you think of? Yeah, um, I think Genesis for sure I will be there because it's in my 
it's in my neighborhood, you know? It's really close. Going to big houses is a flight and, you know, there's a lot to it. Um, especially if you're the, if I'm, and I am the like primary childcare person, you know, cause there's drop off and pick up at school every day. Every day. So if I'm not there Thursday, Friday and Monday, then I need to find somebody else to do it. Cause my wife can't just do it. Um, I think for me and for our family, we're really supporting Sophie as she studies and, um, she's working to be a, a PA physicians, physician, physician assistant. Okay. Um, and depending on her schedule that I think will inform what I can do as far as travel goes. But I mean, I, I think that I'll probably just continue streaming whatever's fun for me. So, um, that's a big, big difference than a month ago in my opinion. Cause at least my chat comes in and they tell me like, Oh, Hey, LTC happened and you know, you should watch it. Whereas before I just do well, you know, maybe Ben SW would tell me. Yes. <laughs> he was pretty much my, like my tunnel to the outside world for a while. I'm, I'm curious to hear about, cause I hear very few things about Ben SW unless I ask specific people about it. And I always forget uh -huh. to, that's, that's not always the top of my head lore question. Like you have no idea. And I, I have not given enough shout outs to juggle guy for helping us get together here. You and me, Scar. And I thank you, juggle guy. Thank you, Robin. Yeah, I really appreciate it. But, um, I'm, I'm so, it is so hard to not ask you about something like melee HD or whatever, but, um, when it comes to, when it comes to Ben SW, I, I hear on mango stream after he gives him a hug at smash con, you know, that's like the pointing to Ben SW in the crowd and you get the, get the hug talking about how Ben SW has been playing for a really, really long time. But who, who is Ben SW from your perspective? Oh, Ben SW from my perspective is like a random software engineer at Twitch. I met him at Twitch. He started maybe a week or two after me. Uh, and so we kind of figured out Twitch together. And yeah, we were just, uh, we were buds throughout throughout Twitch. Um, yeah, and he's a garbage Falco player. <laughs> <laughs> who, who uh, his personality is just so, so magnetic. Um, yeah, he loves to yell and scream about anything. And he's very passionate about the things that he loves and hates. Yeah, we were just, we were friends from the beginning. That's really cool. And we did we did, uh, we did a show called Terrible Times. Uh, it was originally Terrible Tuesday, where I would watch Ben play a single player game and just writhe in pain because he's he's really inept. <laughs> um, you need to watch the VOD. I think everybody should watch the VOD of him versus Ganondorf the first time in, in Zelda uh, Ocarina 64, where you like you go up to this top platform and then he's up there and he plays the energy tennis or whatever with you and you have yeah. to hit it back with your sword. Ben, I swear to God, he got hit off of that effing mountain so many times. <laughs> and it never clicked in his head that the game design is telling him to stop doing what he's doing. He got hit off of it. I can't, I can't even express you know you how long of a climb it. it is to go back up there that's 35 40 seconds oh i do know <laughs> you play that game like he had 16 hearts with the armor and he had like three fairies this is like 80 hearts getting he knocked off climb back up knocked off climb back up oh my gosh <sighs> okay that reminds yeah. me of watching and i mean this in the, so my my sister is a gamer, but she is not uh, to the gamer level that I'm used to, I guess, is the best way to phrase it. And so I remember helping her through Ocarina of Time just mm -hmm. by 
trying to provide as little commentary as possible because when you're watching somebody else play a single player game you know that you can backseat drive way too much and that's something that twitch chat also has a problem with sometimes just look at at yourself and so i just i just would try to say this is what the game is trying to help you do and then try to talk as little as possible after that and let her figure it out but i'm sure for you ben sw is a friend struggling with this ganondorf fight and if any of you if you have hopefully all played Ocarina of Time, it's such a good game. That climb back up, just it makes you say to yourself, I never want to do this again because it's the uh-huh. longest 40 seconds of a boss fight ever. It's uh-huh. crazy that he had to do that that many times. It was very funny at the time. I really enjoyed it. Like each time I was just <laughs> hoping it would happen again and I really got my wish. So you were having a good time. You weren't just going, oh, this guy sucks. You were actually no. just having so much fun lo- watching the, the, the imaginary slow motion car crash over and over again. Yeah. Yeah, I was. I don't know why. Something sick inside me. So shout outs to Ben SW. No, I've, I just, I was supposed to play him in bracket at pound and then my pool got switched around as, as it happens, you know, it's all good. <sighs> but then I got to play against watch instead. And if you don't know who watch is there, uh, he's, he's from Japan and organizes a lot of their events, both ultimate and melee events, and then will help bring over top Japanese players over. So at Genesis watch was there with a lot of top Japanese ultimate player talent and um, obviously AMSA for melee. And then they all came out to pound so they were all out at pound when i was there earlier this year and we got to play in bracket and that was cool enough for me because i knew who watch was and i get it get to meet him that's super cool i go hey watch i know who you are you're super cool that you do stuff in japan this is super cool to meet you and he's like oh yeah it's nice to meet you too and i go you want to you want to strike to battlefield you want to just start battlefield and he says oh no i want to strike the stages guess where we struck to just tell me. It's just struck to battlefield. <laughs> I know. I feel I, like when people say that, I'm like, "Are you gonna strike it?" As I'm, it, so one of us needs to strike battlefield for us to not go there. Okay, and I'm not gonna strike it. So are you gonna strike it? And if you are, can you please strike it first? <laughs> what you is go your... first and say battlefield, and then we'll continue with the stage striking. It hasn't happened since, but it's it was it was the it's experience that I heard times. about happening, and it happened to me, and I just thought it was so cool because Pound was my uh-huh. first major, so I thought, wow, I'm getting like the full gambit. I'm playing against somebody that I know, yep. who, I know who they are. We're we're not just starting Battlefield. We have to strike to Battlefield instead. I'm getting like the full tournament experience. It was really fun. Yeah. But if it happens again, I'm, I will start to get more annoyed after that. It will start to wear at a certain point. Or maybe I'll just remember this conversation and go, no, it's fun. It's always fun to be told, no, let's strike and still go to Battlefield. Scar, what's it's your fun. favorite What's your favorite stage in Melee, either legal or non-legal? What's your favorite stage? My favorite legal stage for sure is Battlefield. I think it's just the best stage. I wish there were more stages like it. Uh, my favorite stage in general is Termina. I love Termina. Termina Bay. Yes, yes, with the with the uh, water and with the with the turtle. Yep. Mm-hmm. I like playing Falco and trying to grab people under the ledge and then back throw them. <laughs> I just it... love doing that. It's just fun. <laughs> so, what do you have to remove in order to make Termina tournament tournament legal? To make Termina tournament legal? Oh, geez, it can't be done. It can't be done. 
It can't be done. You it's know. got a low fric it's got a mixed friction turtle that pops up in multiple orientations. It's got that crazy wall where there's no ledge you can't grab on it. The spacing is out of control. Uh, <laughs> it can't be done. There's no amount of modding that we can do to kind of make it more like a battlefield like or to have a little unique twist on it because something that happens every once in a while, I'd say Every once, 45 days on Twitter, everybody's talking about the legality of the tournament stages. Oh, we should uh -huh. have Frozen Stadium all the time. Oh, we should get rid of the Fly Guys and Randall. Oh, we should get rid of Wispy or the blow, like when Wispy blows wind or whatever. And I always just go, but that's why Melee is super fun to me. I literally, Scar, okay, so I'm playing competitive best of five exhibitions with Hada. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Hada. He's a great commentator with all chatty sports. Hada and I play an exhibition best of five every week after we talk about the melee news and so then mm -hmm. we do our exhibition best of five and i'm on yoshi's story and the fly guys come in and i go if i throw out a back air with my fox he might think i'm throwing it out too early and try to go in and punish but i threw it out early because i thought i'll be hitting the fly guys and my hard hitbox will still be out and he'll run into it and that's exactly what happened and so wow. even and i a legend a terrible owen tour you know, I could think about adapting around Fly Guys, and sure, if somebody like, uh, I want to say Duck, yes, if Duck is missing a charge shot because one of the Fly Guys gets in the way, and that's his last event ever because he was super depressed about that, or I don't know the full story, but if, if that happens to you, that happens to you. But all I'm saying is that I feel like that's what makes the game even more fun than it ought to be is when you have little silly things like that happen. I don't agree that it makes it more fun, but I also would not remove them. <laughs> Tell me about your favorite fly guy interaction, because that's obviously mine. Yeah, w there's certain times, um, maybe in teams, like uh, mm. sometimes, like I'll knee a, a fly guy, and then it'll freeze everything, and then it'll hit like like six or seven. It'll hit everybody. Um, I can't remember anything specific, but I do know that I really am watching out because I love 4B recovery with Falcon. And if a fly guy is there, then I'm going to 4B it and die. <laughs> so I do fear them. <laughs> uh, perfectly understandable. Yeah. Scar, what do you prefer more, a hype doubles match or a hype crew battle match? I guess it would be hype top four for wow. doubles or if it's crew battle instead. Which is more exciting to you? A cruise for sure. Yeah, I've, I feel like there have been really memorable crew battles. Speaking of like 10 plus year old videos, Giano, uh, he tore through multiple members of H2YL. Haha, <laughs> you lose. That was the uh, MDVA crew. You're shout out to H2YL. Yep, shout out yeah. to Chillin. Shout out to Chillin. That was an incredible run. I feel like when certain players have those runs, it's just magical. So I'm thinking of the one hype crew battles that happened this year. Has anybody told you about the Worlds versus USA at Gommel this year from mm, early this no, year? No, I haven't been told about it. Ben let me down. No, no, no. That's okay because the thing about crews and doubles is that they have had obviously, you know, highs and lows in terms of popularity. And it yeah. has to do with it's harder to draw storylines. It's harder to draw in top players. Everybody complains about the schedule. That's, of course, something else that comes up once every 45 days on Smash Twitter is the scheduling. How do we get people to care about doubles? Where is Cruz? And so on and so on. But for yeah. Gommel 2022, Hungrybox is on the world's team. And it really shakes things up because 
and Zane is in the is on the USA side. It's it comes down to the last stock, last hit. So that's all I'll say Whoa. about it because I think you I think that'll be something I'll send to you. I need to keep it to one thing to send you because I know you have a lot of things going on. But if I would recommend one thing for you to watch from this year, it would be the cruise battles from because because it's in Canada and everybody's getting really into it. Uh, And I know it's look, the USA gets into melee events. All right, go to a nightclub. You'll find out. But sometimes it's a little hard for us to get into it. But Canada, they were they had flags in the crowd. Everybody was wow. getting super excited. They just were hyped. So I think you would really love watching that. Will do. I'll send so I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. We're getting up yes. to an hour. How are you how are you holding up? I'm doing all right. Good to hear. I'm gonna get some food soon, but Absolutely. Yes, because it's uh, just after twelve for you now. It's lunchtime. Three o'clock for you? Three o'clock for me, so I'll be having I'll be having dinner in a few hours, and that's all fine and well. I don't know what we're gonna have, but I'm trying to eat healthy today because I know that starting tomorrow when I drive up yeah, to it Detroit, it's it's not gonna be great. And let me be clear, I'm not on the S fat level of healthy. Um, I have a belly a little bit, and I'm uh-huh. I love fast food. So when I say trying to eat healthy, I had a smoothie today, which I thought was a really big deal for me. <laughs> So for, for you, Scar, what is, what is a favorite of yours? What's a favorite meal of yours? We'll do a couple of more questions like this and then a Patreon question or two, and then we can wrap up if that's good with you. But f- favorite food or a, a meal okay, of yours something that you like. I make myself that I love is I'll make some white rice. I have some tofu nuggets mm-hmm. uh, that I heat up. They're pretty much chicken nuggets. You, you, you can do chicken nuggets if you're a chicken nugget person. Sure. And I put the nuggets on the rice and I put some oil, usually avocado oil. And then I have this Ooh. everything but the bagel uh, thing, which is like everything bagel, but not the bagel. So oh. it's like sesame seeds yeah, yeah. and like if a little they come bit of garlic. Flavor, it's like a flavoring pack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some salt. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think that is the, I think that shit is amazing. That sounds great. Personally, it really does it for me. <laughs> You're just uh, automatically getting excited <laughs> when you see tofu yeah. nuggets come out of the fridge or the freezer and you go, this is going to be a good night. Yeah. Yeah. I had that yesterday. It was, <laughs> it was amazing. I had that yesterday while watching a Kurosawa movie. A Kurosawa I'm, movie. You want to tell me about yeah, that? Because I don't I'm recognize those, that. Uh, uh, yeah, Akira Kurosawa. He was like a legendary uh, director. He it's like mostly black and white movies. Um, they're like samurai movies mostly. Oh, cool! Yeah. That sounds cool. And I've been kind of going through his catalog. That sounds awesome. Okay, it's been fun. Let's get to a Patreon question here. I want to give shouts out to the person who asked it. So let me make sure I don't. Shout out to everybody who supports the, the beautiful creators of Melee, and thanks to you, thanks, thank you, Jesse, for just doing something. I know that uh, you know I've I've been saying this forever, but anybody who wants to be more involved in the Melee community, you really can just do something. Yes, I mean when I made my combo videos, no one told me that I should. You know, it was just like I just want to do it. So if you feel motivated to be more engaged or more involved, just you could just do something. Keep and the balance awesome. going and it'll treat you really well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. And I appreciate that, Scar. Thank you. We're going to give shout outs to Oates, who is the director of the Major Zine. I don't know if you know what the Major Zine is, but it is a community community supported, uh, like a community curated article of uh, or magazine of artwork of little articles. So basically you can submit a publication that you want to do 
for the major zine and it's smash related they have themes and actually oats will be with me Dang. on the live podcast stage so shout out to oats for also asking this question but before i finish i want to give Ma- major zine a little bit more love major zine will be publishing i go see it is, he, uh, is it a physical magazine? It is a physical magazine and an online magazine. You will get to have a physical copy if you go to the booth and purchase one at the Big House 10. So that's where you can purchase a physical copy. Or if you want to look at it online for free, you can look at it online for free. You know, a little PDF reader. <laughs> but uh, where, where it's going to be super what cool. What do I have to type into my URL bar? You just have to type in Major Zine Smash, and you'll probably find the Twitter page, which will then take you to the website. Because Sick. I think it's hosted on like a Medium, like WordPress yeah. type, and then Definitely. you can see all the all the publications they made. And it's community like curated, so in other words, it, a bunch of people submitting different stuff. It's really cool. All right, so Oates wants to ask, what has Scar been reading lately? And what are your thoughts on Smash as a hobby versus a career choice? And there's a few other follow-ups, but I'll, I'll have you chew on those two first. Dang, very interesting. What have I been reading? Um, I have been reading, and I have... Uh, okay, I kind of... I'm just going to show you. Uh, this book, I think, is kind of hard uh, to get your hands on at this point, but uh, this is called The Matter With Things. It's by Ian McGochrist. He also wrote a book called The Master and His Emissary, which you can listen to on Audible uh or get i think these are amazing um this guy is doing research on the difference between uh pretty much the left and right hemisphere of the brain and one of the reasons why i really like his work is because he brings up in like the intro of the first book how the field is so crap now because there's been so much bad science and pop science and BS about, oh, the left hemisphere is creative and the right hemisphere is blah, 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 blah. And so anybody who tries to do real work there, it's like, it's very unpopular, but he did it anyway. And for me, that reminds me of Melee players where like there's no reward <laughs> in Melee. Like you're not gonna make a bunch of money out of Melee. You're not gonna get mega famous out of Melee. But a lot of people still, you know, got really good at that game and we still built a community out of it and so i inherently trust people who do work where there's less rewards uh, over people who do work and then make a bajillion dollars personally uh but i think that his work is super compelling um i could talk about it a lot but basically what it what he believes uh is that both of our brain hemispheres are basically involved in everything. And the difference is not in what they do, but how they perceive the world. And it's super fascinating. Um, and then I've also been studying, uh, the Bhagavad Gita. This is like ancient, ancient wisdom from the, from the East. Uh, it's dope. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would recommend it. I would recommend both of these things if you're trying to make sense of this crazy effing world, which I have been doing for quite a while. I've been trying to make sense of it all. And then the other question was, what do I think about Smash as a hobby versus as a career? That's really interesting. Um, I don't personally know what the difference is. You know, it would just be uh, how serious you personally feel about it. And I don't see why Smash would be not rewarding as a hobby. Um, 
and hobbies sometimes turn into careers with the right opportunity. But going into melee looking for a career is n not advisable. <laughs> yes, that's the best. Uh, I would say it. that I would not advise that. You probably should, like most of us, go into melee expecting literally nothing aside from you know some experiences and and maybe membership in a dope community. And then we'll go to the other question here. What are your thoughts on the relationship between players and their pursuit of improving at playing the game? Like, how do they relate to each other when it comes to improving? Say one more one more time. Who? How does what relate to what? Players and <clears throat> I should look at it again. Thoughts on the relationship between players and their pursuit of improving at playing the game. So I guess it's how do you how do you have a relationship that uh, is either functional or what are your thoughts on relationship between players who are actively competing against each other and yet they want the same goal they're also both trying to improve yeah that's a that's a great question thanks for helping me make sense of it um yeah isn't that interesting it's like we're all there's only one spot at the top there's yes. only one spot at the top and every tournament you know maybe it's not every single tournament but most tournaments there's somebody else up there um Whenever I think about it, I think about the, this beautiful process of us getting closer and closer as a community to some mythical peak melee, you know, where the top used to be all the way down here where we really didn't know much about the game. But because each person, it's only because of these top players pushing each other farther, I believe that each one has gotten stronger and that we've built a metagame that now has all these layers, which by the way, is kind of something that I really would like to get a bit more clear on in my own head of like, what is level one melee and what's level two? Like what are the layers and how have each of the different tools closed off different options, which then opens up different ones. Like there's a lot of theory. I feel that, that one other person could do in trying to make sense of the game. Um, but, uh, I've always felt that the relationship between players is one of absolutely competition, but also of collaboration. Most top players will play with each other uh, before tournament sets and stuff. You know, most top players do practice against each other. They're not, I don't think our community is one where we're really trying to hide new tech. That's a big thing in StarCraft. Um, players will practice in absolute secrecy and have specific strategies versus specific other opponents and you don't want them to know what you're going to do uh so you don't want to share the stuff that you realize with everybody else um i've just not really seen that in the melee community i feel like we're quite open about it which makes it competitive but also collaborative in this meta way that's i think one of the greatest strengths of the community I That's love that I as well. Literally, people are excited to share something new that they find and say, how legit is this? Twitter, what do you think? And that's when Twitter on the Smash Twitter part of this is, is really fun <laughs> because you get to see all these different people chiming in with their opinions on, yeah, this is real. Oh, this could be used here and there. Or maybe it's not as real. You may not have considered this, that, and the third because, and you were talking about this with different lev levels of Melee. I like to think of levels of Melee, first of all, starting with how much time you put into the game that's that's where it starts level one is you saying i'll play this game once or twice a month and level two is you're playing every day and then it goes from there but i think that 
whenever somebody comes across something in melee it's more often than not how excited you are to share it with the rest of the scene see the reactions are we going to call this the such and such now it'll be it's that kind of excitement as compared to oh i should really keep this hidden until my time at top eight but the thing is is that you also might not make it there somebody might find it before you so there's there's that to acknowledge as well uh someone who is not a regular top eight player at a big major like the big house might find something really cool and then they go well when am i gonna put everything else together and be able to show off my new niche my new tech <laughs> yeah definitely so that is just about it for me and i again want to be respectful of your time so scar thank you so much for joining me before we get you you going Mm -hmm. i want to make sure that you can tell the people where to find you you'll find all of these in the links description below that kind of thing for the listeners and viewers at home so for for you scar final thoughts shout outs and uh yes where plugs yes where the people can find you uh probably the only place that i could be found now is on twitch i'm gonna try to stream monday wednesday friday uh my channel is bobby scar speaks i changed it from twitch scar because i don't work at twitch anymore mm-hmm. and i didn't want to have twitch in my username um and uh final thoughts i guess um a lot has happened in my life i've been with this game for yeah over a decade um but melee and its community has taught me so much pretty much all of what i know and it's turned me into a person who i feel like could function and who uh i knew what skills i had um and i got some really incredible friends from it so i don't know i just always hope that uh the folks who come to melee i hope that you find what you're looking for and i think that it's here um and I'm excited to commentate uh, at Big House, and we'll see. We'll see from there on. Uh, I'm not really on Twitter, but I know my, I did open my DMs, and I do check them every once in a while. It's at Bobby Scar. Yeah, shoot your shot. Allegedly, you you get it. You get it. That's One of my favorite post game post tournament speeches of all time. Welcome to the Melee community. We're happy you're here. I share that sentiment all the time, Scar. That's one of the reasons why I love talking to just about everybody and having them on here because if you do anything related to Melee, you kind of become a cooler person in my mind. There's, there's this, there's, <laughs> there is that mystical draw that if you like Melee, then there's going to be something that we can connect on. And it happened here with you. It happens with everybody I, I bring onto the podcast. So I'm very thankful for everybody tuning in. This is something that I do, like I said, on a pretty frequent basis. So if you want to- episodes. Yes, that is correct. We're getting there. <laughs> we're getting there. So I will just say that all the things where you can find me are down below as well. But again, Scar, thank you so much for making the time today to stick around for doing a thumbnail thing, but uh, say goodbye to the to the people. Thank you for watching. Thank you, Jesse, for making this happen. And I uh, hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.